doing? All right, I'm doing well. It was, uh, we just got done with the players just a little bit ago. And uh, defensively, it was certainly uh, good for us to get three players back. And, uh, you know, with Kiki and Carlos and Bradley and having those guys back in, um, they're able to get back into their roles. And I think uh, that's one of the things we talked about, you know, as far as a role goes of taking it as far as you can, whatever that role is. And uh, some of those opportunities are different for different people. And uh, I think that's more ways that you can contribute. And now that we're in and you have some roles to go, I think it's a big deal. In fact, I called one of my friends this morning. I was uh, thinking about Udonis Haslam when I was driving in with, and I spoke to Eric Spolster, and what made him so special for 20 years um, into this role? Well, one, he was probably one of the toughest and meanest defenders in the league, but he also had said, he also wants to help everyone be at their best. And I went on to say, like last year, I think he had played in like one game, two points, and gotten thrown out. <laughs> but um, when you talk about respect and like their forever captain of what he stands for, I said, there's all sorts of ways that you can impact the team. And uh, that's one of the good parts about being here you know, with Mike to say you can take it as far as you can. There's no limit about what you can do and where your role can be. And uh, so we just discussed that for a bit and what it can mean and, and where you take it from here. Because we got a lot to work on, for sure. And uh, we're going to work our asses off to get there. And uh, lots to do for this week. And uh, so but I like the improvement. Our tackling improved. We made a big emphasis on that. And I saw that come to life. So lots more to work on. But uh, I like the energy and the effort of where the guys are at. Weekly question of how well is Trayvon playing? Can you just uh, talk about him a little bit more and just uh, kind of the, the juncture of confidence and, and study that allows you to kind of feed into your talent? Right. I think one of the things that was uh, remarkable about for him, he really had a tough week. He was battling with pink eye on both of them. You see him, there's like just gunk and nastiness and flowing out of his eyes, like, ah, you know. And you know, big shade on it, practice, and just going and battling and getting ready, knowing that he needed the reps. But I think it really shows this is a true competitor. And, uh, you know, to go for the ball skills, to go finish it out. And uh, it would have been easy for him just to back away and say, I got to get this right. You know, you feel like you're wanting to scratch your eyes out. <laughs> and uh, I thought that showed a lot, you know, for him just to battle it through. And so um, I've certainly been impressed. But where does it come from? Um, he's quiet by nature, but I would say, don't confuse uh, that quiet demeanor. Uh, this is a true wolf in sheep's clothing. I mean, this guy is a rare competitor. And I love the way he goes after it and battles. And um, he's got some excellent players to go against in practice. So if you want to really test yourself, uh, look no further than our own practice field. And uh, he's definitely you know, usually up for that challenge uh, as it goes through. The competitive is one thing, but the ball skills and the ability to catch the ball, yep. that, that seems like that's off the charts for him. It does. And uh, you want to have good ball skills. And then there's guys who have excellent ball skills. And he falls under that category. And when it goes up, do you attack it like you're going to catch it? Or do you go up to defend it? He goes up like he's going to get it. What's he to you about his ball tracking ability? I think he can, uh, like playing DB, it's hard because sometimes you just have to play the flash of the ball. In other words, you're playing on the receiver. And he and I are running down the field together. And as he looks up, you're working through his hands or you know, just catching the very you know, last little bit. And so the elite receivers can do that, where they don't have to just look at the ball. I can certainly remember like many times in practice with Julio Jones, the ball would be here. And he put his head down and start digging again and then go get it. And it was always like so remarkable for me to see that. I hadn't, you know, usually you see a guy just running and looking at it and diving. And he would say, nope, I got to go a little further. And then look back. And so 
having those kind of ball skills where you know where it is, where to track it, where it's going to be, that's a whole nother level. And uh, I'd love to say we've been really coaching Trayvon up on that, but that would be a lot of bullshit. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I'd love to. What I can say, you know, is like this is a rare competitor who really works hard at his game. And uh, um, the little of the details to get right, uh, he really works hard at that spot. Because there's one thing about being bold, and then there's another thing about, you know, taking a chance where that's not the right time to do that. And you have to have some latitude to know and trust the person to say, hey, I trust this player to make the right decision in the moment. And we certainly do trust him. I think I saw it early on, the ball yeah, skills, the tracking. Um, what I did see, one of the areas from an improvement um, from 20 to 21, and I'm not comparing, but I thought this is, he's an excellent tackler as well. And uh, so when you see him, you know, the crack happens. He's got space against a runner or a receiver. So for him in the short area, the tackling, I certainly was impressed by that. Um, but I would say just overall, just his knowledge, you know, like those are things. This is a player going into his second year. And so he's making that jump uh, that you hope players do going from year one to year two and that acceleration that takes place. Not all the time, but most often, this is when the biggest jump. And then another one from two to three and three to four. But when you get to a new space and how do I take it further, um, I think he's doing that. Do you have a boxing analogy why it's so hard to win in Foxborough? <laughs> no. I just, well, they got an exceptional team and exceptional coaches. Um, you know, they just, you know, they do a lot right. And so the teams that generally do a lot right are hard to beat. They're good fundamentals. They take care of the ball. They play well situationally. So they've just always been, uh, you know, exceptionally well coached. Have you ever, I don't know if you ever get over losing the Super Bowl, but the way you lost. No, I can answer that. <laughs> then the next year you had a chance and you didn't win. So is, is this like more motivation for you to say, I got to beat these guys? No. No, different different team, and uh, like my role here is to help the players play as well as we can get. So, uh, make no mistake, this is not you know me and that. I'm, this is me just helping us be as good as we can be, and we'll, we'll have our handfuls. They've got uh, you know good group that are playing well, and uh, we'll go up there and we will fight. Dan, what are you seeing from Van Der Esch? I think the tackling, you know, improvement is what I've seen. The biggest space for him, and I think you probably saw that in the game. Um, you know, on an early one with Saquon, we knew how good he is at jump cut and spinning, and so the wrap for him. There's another one down by the goal line. So I think over the last two games is probably when we've seen uh, him so far at his best this season. And uh, I've really been impressed by what I've seen over the last two weeks. What is it about goal line that that's where you wanted to kind of start to reel off with that opportunity yesterday? <laughs> Well, it was uh, really just, you know, like he's been a backup into that spot. And so we moved Micah to the inside spot and moved him there. But with Kiki out, he was one that was getting some reps at one of the uh, outside backer spots. So we've got a couple of packages that he's been involved in. And so sometimes they come up and sometimes they don't. But uh, he's ready for the moment, for sure. He's a guy who prepares hard, works at it hard. And uh, he's another one, like, of those roles, how are we trying to you know, develop him? Some of it's on special teams. Now we're hitting to the goal line. And uh, as the season goes, I'm sure there'll be some spaces for him on some third downs as well. Talk about his ability to, to diagnose what was going on and then the speed to get to the edge to make the play. 
right on that particular play, it's uh, as he was the edge of the defense. Um, you know, he's got flat. You know that he would have to control and, and certain coverage responsibilities. But at the end, I thought he and Chauncey both did a good job. You know, when this is a quarterback that can really run in Jones, so the. You know, knowing that he had Chauncey's help inside, he could really take a strong angle and make a strong tackle. And uh, in all the preparation during the week, you know, we talked about the space players for them, and we counted the quarterback as one who can make a lot of plays in space. He's been super effective down in the red zone on quarterback draws and zone reads. So for us having that uh, that play down there, that was that was a big one for us. We thought we'd have a chance two times in the game on some fourth downs, right? You know, at the one yard line, and so. Um, you really love those moments, and uh, you know. So not to deliver on uh, on that fourth down play in the goal line was, uh, was certainly a bummer for us. Mike snaps past couple weeks have been high because we're predominantly a linebacker, but his rush his rushes yesterday were relatively low for him. He been so effective in that area. How do you determine? How much to use them there relative to the game plan and his skill set and balancing it all out? Yeah, well, I think that's that's the the question that you know when do we blitz them? How do we use them into that space? Sometimes you want a blitz where he can get matched up on backs uh, when you can, uh, but having his speed behind the ball is a big deal too. And for a team uh, like the Giants who are balanced in their run game, uh, that you wanted to make sure we had enough. Uh, you know, not only to play man to man when they empty the backfield out, you know, with Saquon, but also in the run game. And so when the game changes, some due to their injuries, um, you know, some of the packages and stuff that we would normally have done maybe maybe have changed too. How much changed when they have sorry, go ahead. Randy was again highly effective as a rusher. What, what did you see out of his outing? Yeah, I really think the last three weeks, um, it's been really consistently good. Uh, he just stays relentless. And uh, We've played him outside. We've played him inside, and you guys have seen that. And so that takes work, you know, to study both things, the packages to go. So it's a lot of extra to study and to learn. But he's up for it, and uh, I just feel like over the last three weeks, he's been one of our most consistent players, just relentless and staying with it. And again, uh, the Carolina game, he had more production, but I thought in the Philadelphia and the game yesterday, he was just as relentless. And so uh, sometimes it'll come your way, and sometimes it won't. But I've certainly been impressed by where he's at so far. Is this pressure, you think, contributed to Anthony's pick six at, at the end, where under all the pressure on yep. the I, I definitely think that's the cumulative effect. And uh, so, do you have to throw a, a pass, you know, prior to um, when you want to, or if you can move a person off the spot? And uh, having chances to do that, he gives us that. And so, um, I've certainly been impressed by him. And then having the inside rotation with uh, Osa and Chauncey, and it was good getting Carlos back. So, having some guys back into some roles has certainly been good for us. How much changed about your scheme yesterday when they lose Saquon, then they lose Jones, and they lose Galladay? Or did they kind of stay true to what they had, had done? They really did. And I, um, you know, I think they showed a, you know, a lot of toughness. You know, when you lose some people in a game and they just, you know, kept battling, fighting for it. I think it shows a lot to Jason and Joe and what they stand for as a group. Because when you get out of that group, all of a sudden now there's instead of three wide receivers on the field, two tight ends splitting one out like a wide receiver. And um, in-game injuries are sometimes harder to deal with than ones where you have the week to prepare. You know Rich is going to be in, or you know Dan's going to be in. When it happens in-game, that's a big difference. But I would say um, a lot of it stayed the same, maybe with uh, the exception of some of the zone read option run game. We ask you guys as coaches a lot about your one versus your two. How do you see the cornerback position in particular on that in terms of maybe some of the other spots in defense and 
and how much of a jump you can see from a guy in year one to year two versus, say, a lineman or, or linebacker or safety? You know what? I think it's true at, at almost all the spots. I wouldn't necessarily say it's just for that. Um, sometimes you can play outside at corner earlier, just based on your you know natural speed or athleticism. But that said, there still comes the finer points in the game. This receiver has this release. He works this part at the top of the route. And so that you need time and experience to go through and how to study and what to look for. Um, you've probably heard me say there's a big difference between you know watching film and studying film. And uh, watching is okay. I'm like watching the Monday night game tonight, and you're having a beer and hanging out, or studying to say, what does that split look like? What if he's at the top of the numbers? What if I'm off? What if I'm on? You know, and taking notes about who you're playing against, that's a big difference. And so we talk about that a lot the difference between studying film and watching it. How do you balance the, the, the practice time devoted to fundamentals versus forcing turnovers and is forcing turnovers the, the biggest determination you look at? As no, I think fun, fundamentals is that's king, and uh, I even talked about this recently about you know we want to play with maximum speed, you know, at uh, almost a controlled chaos version of that. But that does not mean that um, your leverage is wrong or you're playing, you know, just out of control, just running. And sometimes a young guy's like, man, I'm just putting out, I'm going hard, and that's good. But there's a lot more to it than that. Because at the end of the game, when the game's on the line, your tank's running a little bit empty, you better have that technique to rely upon. So that, to me, being a fundamentalist, that's, that's number one. Now, we practice taking the ball away. And we drill it, and we put it part of fundamentals. So I'm hopeful that's just part of our practice routine, as opposed to, hey, let's just emphasize this today. It's part of our fundamentals. Because if I come at you and just try to go after the ball and as a force fumble, um, as opposed to owning my leverage and going to the tackle, well, you're going to get a lot of missed tackles. And so same thing with the balls in the air. What ones can you take a chance on? What ones shouldn't you? And uh, you have to go through that at practice. So you can't separate, you can't separate the two. It has to be part of the, the culture of what your identity yes. is. Yes, and I think um, you have to, what you emphasize is usually what you get. And so we want to talk about the ball on a regular basis, seven days a week to make sure that's part of it, but not the only thing. And uh, that's why I think we're going to continue to make strides. Uh, I like our speed. I like our energy. Um, our tackling improved in this last game. That said, there's still, to me, a huge jump that we are going to make. Uh, just more time on task, more reps together, more play time together. And we're still going to be adding some players into this group as we move forward over the next few weeks. Um, and I'm looking forward to that as well. Mike was asked about how you went about installing the scheme. And he said there were times where if players didn't like it or it wasn't working, y'all would throw it out. And if it was working, let's keep getting better at it. Did you say Mike or Micah? Micah person. Oh, yeah, OK. I was like, yeah, I definitely don't remember Mike McCarthy saying that, right? <laughs> OK, that's why it threw me off. Micah, OK. Yes, Micah Parsons was saying that. Um, how do you feel like, how did you balance playing to your players' strengths and listening to what they wanted versus pushing them the past several weeks? And I think it's important first from the coaches to say learning the players and finding out some of the things they do best. Um, one of my least favorite things is to hear about what a player can't do. And uh, that's easy to nitpick and find this or find that. And, you know, like 
in our whole society of judging everything or this, but like finding what guys can do and then accentuate that as hard as we can. And I'm not saying you don't work on their, your weaknesses, but if there are certain things that a guy can do, you want to find ways to utilize that. And so I think what Mike is probably referring to on that one, if, if a call is not game ready and we're not featuring somebody in the things that they can do, then I just won't use it. And uh, after you go into a plan, um, you know, one of my friends who was a, a special forces um, operator said, uh, no plan survives first contact, you know, and so you have to adjust, you have to be ready to go. And there's been games where we went in with one idea, but a team was trying to attack in another way. And as opposed to just being stubborn, we say, okay, this one is out and away we go. There was an example on not this past Saturday, but the previous Saturday practice where a player hey, Dan, can we repeat that one? I said, no need, it's out. And so that was me saying, I'm not going to repeat a play on a Saturday to see if we can get it right. There's too much at stake, too much at hand for us to do that. And so if it's not game ready, doesn't mean we're not working on things this week and next week that maybe we play against New England, maybe we play it in the game after that. But until it's game ready, uh, sometimes you just got to keep stirring it and getting it right. I imagine you don't want to mention which player it was, but could you tell us what kind of situation that was in? Um, it was just a, um, it was a blitz that we had, and there was a certain coverage that came along with that. And we just didn't quite nail it. And I just said, hey, no need, man. That, that one's not game ready. We're going to keep it in the package, but it's not up for this game. Anthony Brown, oh, Anthony Brown's a fourth quarter drop last week away from having an interception in three straight, straight games. But what sort of level do you feel he's playing and overall maybe speak to his presence in that room as the relative veteran? One of the things that I really admire about A.B. is his consistency. And uh, that's sometimes not the, the sexiest word, you know, being consistent over and over and over again. Um, in this game, um, some teams want to attack us by doing double moves, you know, fake like it's going to go and then try and throw in deep. And he just really stayed disciplined on that. Um, there's a time as a corner, we okay, I'll go bite on it, and you know, think this was, and that's when they throw it over your head. And I think one of the things I really admire about him, he stays consistent. And so that was a, a cool moment for him to to be the closer, so to speak, in that game, um, where here's your moment, here's where your time to go take your shot, and he did. And uh, like I said, I really respect his consistency. He just. Every day he's the same, and that's a, that's a fun person to coach because you know what you're going to get on a regular. You've competed against Mike McCarthy in different spots in your career, and now that you've been around him for nine months, what have you learned about him and how he operates? I've learned a ton. I don't know if we'd have enough time to say what he's you know shared with me over the last you know I don't know six or eight months, but. Um, Offensive philosophy, game management scenarios, things that would come up. Like he's got recall of plays and people and games. And so oftentimes I'll go to him and say, what do you think in this moment? Or what do you think in this scenario? Uh, what else could you know this happen? So yeah, he's, he's taught me an incredible amount in a short time. How does he have a read of the room and where guys are physically, emotionally, coming week to week when, you, when things are riding high or when things aren't going well? Yeah, I think that's you know kind of a one of his you know, superpowers is he's a really consistent person. And so he doesn't ride the wave. So I think he can see when others are and say, man, let's, let's keep this thing right in the middle. But he has a good connection with the players. He's direct in his communication. And I think as a ball player, as a coach, that's what you want, man. Like, give it to us straight of what we need and how we're going to go about winning. And he's uh, very clear on that. And when you talk about riding the wave, is that something from your perspective that can be learned or is it something you either have or you don't as a, as a that's person? That's a great question. I would say I think 
you can learn that, um, but you probably have to go through it to know that, uh, man, I don't want to have that inconsistency. You have to be, especially when you're the leader you know, of the team, to say, man, this is how we're going to go about it. And if they see you falter or um, behave differently you know, after a circumstance, then they know, OK, that can, that can rattle him. And this is one rock solid, um, straightforward leader um, that we all respect. There was chippiness, or there's chippiness during that game yesterday. I love that word, chippiness. Right? If you've been in an NFL game, it ain't chippy. It's violent. It's nasty. It's gross. It's like people all, you know. But but chippy is what it's called. I, I agree. Um, is that something over the course of the season that you guys continue to stack wins and have the sort of success that you all want that you can expect opponents, while frustrated, to? Add that extra chippiness, and then how do you coach how to handle that? Yeah, I think um, well, I think we all know it takes a lot more discipline to walk away and to unclench your fist than to clench it, and uh, that's not always easy to do in the in the, that environment in that spot. But that's the that's the reality, and that's what we need. Usually, is the second person that you know gets most affected in that case. So we want to play physical. We just want to do it right within the rules, um, and walk right on the edge of that physicality. But as far as um, post snap stuff, like we don't need any of that. You know, like let's play our our style and our attitude within the whistle. But uh, post snap, hey, let's get up and line up and go do it again. Dan, some of the players were talking about the mental nice one. about the, some of the players were talking about the mental conditioning aspect to the state program on Friday and how. Help them get their minds right for the game. Yep. How have you seen players respond to that, and what do you think it has to do? Yeah, I think Chad. Um, you know, just for me, you know, I know his background. I was certainly close um, with Trevor, um, who you know Chad worked with years ago, and so I understand his approach. But I think what's so unique about this program is. Oftentimes, mental conditioning can be just one-on-one -on -one or one-on-some, meaning a small group. So having the ability to connect the entire team to do that, and I think that's one of the special parts of our team right now. There's this connection between the offense, special teams, defense, special teams, offense to defense, player to player. And when you have that kind of connection, that's usually when the good things can take place. Um, I like where they're at, their attitude, their mindset, and I think having a, a strong mental game will allow you to do that, just like working out does, just like um, you have to train your mind to, to be that way. And um, you know, the better you play, the stronger you better be with your mental performance. And uh, I certainly anticipate us improving as we're going in both ways, mentally and physically. All right, you guys have a good one. Thank you.